Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And now, it's the rest stop with Brad Restituto. Comes up to the pocket. Fires the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of The Rest Stop. I'm Brad Restituto, your host, and we join you every Tuesday and Thursday live, 9 o'clock Pacific time, and you can download the Twitch app. Go to www.twitch.tv slash Football, and you can follow us there live every Tuesday and Thursday, as well as on my Twitter and personal Facebook page, Twitter and Instagram, at Brad the Believer. Also joining me every Tuesday and Thursday, Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Got a good show for you tonight as the NBA draft right around the corner, actually tomorrow. Uh, so big, big news in the NBA, trades galore, free agent news, teams getting ready for the shortened offseason as they're going to get get it back going uh, in less than two months back on the court uh, for the 2021 season. So a lot of exciting NBA news as the offseason is fast and furious in the NBA NFL action rampant as we're more than halfway through the season. A lot of big storylines coming into the second part of the season and teams trying to position position themselves for a playoff spot. Some big wins by some teams we talked about on the last show, the Raiders and the Dolphins. So we'll go through our picks of week 10 and then some of the storylines coming out as well because uh, there's some great ones going on. And your favorite team's probably a part of it. And if they're not, they're trying to position themselves in one of the Biggest quarterback-heavy drafts we've seen in quite some time, or at least anticipated to be, with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, and countless others that have the potential to possibly be the next franchise quarterback or drafting a position to really help uh, your franchise, whoever your team may be. But let's start off with Monday Night Football, Spence. Last night, the Vikings traveled to Soldier Field to take on the Bears. And the Vikings have struggled in Chicago, but the Bears' defense, the Bears' offense this season is leaving a lot to be desired. Especially since they went to Nick Foles, it's probably got worse before it's got better. The Vikings weren't overly impressive. They did what they needed to do offensively. Their defense probably played their best game of the year. 
and they got the win 19 to 13 over the Bears. And that's three straight wins for the Vikings and three divisional wins as well. Spence, start us off with your thoughts. Uh, you had the Vikings in our pick segment. You were opposite of me. And did the game play out how you anticipated to? And what were your takeaways after watching last night's Monday Night Football action in the Vikings uh, trying to make a late run here? Yeah, the Vikings were a little more dominant offensively than I had originally imagined. Uh, but, you know, it, it did play out for the most part how I thought I would. You know, the, the Bears are always going to have a decent defense. They only give up 19 points. But any Bears matchup, they have to score 21 points. And I just thought the Vikings defense was getting a little bit of momentum. They were able to get a big pass rush, which was unexpected. Uh, they gave a lot. They put a lot of pressure off their secondary, which is most important because, as we've mentioned, they're very young and they're very injured. And they almost lost another uh, important key defender, which was, I believe, Anthony Barr late in the game, and that would have been disastrous for the team. But he was able to. He seemed okay after being shaken up a little bit. And uh, Kirk Cousins is just being a game manager, which is what he needs to be. And I, I'm sure you have extensive thoughts about the game, but those are kind of my initial impressions. Uh, I wouldn't say extensive thoughts. I mean, I got a few. Anthony Barr has already been out for the year, so it may have been Eric Kendricks or Eric That's Wilson. Right. Yeah, because someone had went down late in the game, and I was like, wow, he's a really good player for them. Um, but I'll say this, Spence. Uh, as a lifelong Vikings fan and, and recent, most recently denounced my allegiance to them, uh, I still like to watch the games. I'm still a big Mike Zimmer fan. But uh, and all, all of the kind of downtrodden I've been on them, uh, you can go back and listen to all the podcasts. Listen, you can watch, uh, you know, see my tweets. Never once have I disparaged or talked negatively about Mike Zimmer. I think he's a fantastic coach. I absolutely think he's the right man for the job long term. Even though he's, I, I wouldn't say one of the older coaches, but definitely one of the more old school coaches in the NFL. Uh, I got to say, I, I think this three game winning streak is a bit of a surprise, Spence. Uh, to me. Having Daniil Hunter out for the year with an injury and then trading away Yannick Ndokwe, who you traded kind of quite a bit for to solidify that pass rush and going so young, having Anthony Barr also out for the year and having such young people in the secondary, first round draft picks, young guys, and then so many of them hurt Spence. The, the two starting quarterback cornerbacks at the beginning of the season for the Vikings, Holton Hill, and Mike Hughes are both out with injury. Cameron Dantzler, third-round pick, who you're very high on coming into the season, he's been out with injury. So you're relying on first-round pick Jeff Gladney, Harrison Hand, who is a rookie sixth- or seventh-round pick, and Chris Boyd, a guy who got cut multiple times from the practice squad. You still have two pro bowlers in at the safety position, Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Uh, but I thought it would be really tough for those cornerbacks and start, there's not a lot of depth Spencer on this Vikings defense with so many guys hurt. You've had to now move in. Um, uh, gosh, uh, he, he's slipping my mind. He's a rookie defensive end. Um, I want to say Womack, but I don't think that's his name. DJ Wanham is his name. Uh, he's from the SEC. Uh, he, they've had to plug him in and there's just not a lot of depth behind those guys. Uh, so for them to generate the pass rush that they did last night and really be able to kind of free up their defensive schemes because guys are getting more familiar with the defense. It's really a test to Mike Zimmer and that defense. Um, Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach, co-defensive coordinator with Mike Zimmer's son, Adam Zimmer. Uh, they deserve some credit because I thought a lot of teams, any team really, the Bears included, would be able to score on them given how little depth they have on defense. 
Um, and the Vikings really played their best defensive game of the season last night. But here's the thing with them, Spence, is as a, as a lifelong Vikings fan, and regardless of who your team is, I mean, after so many years of losing, is it really the only uh, thing to finish, quench your thirst as a fan is a Super Bowl victory? or at least get to the Super Bowl to have a fighting chance to win. I mean, I've seen the Vikings year after year, and you've seen it as a Raiders fan. You see your team uh, make some moves, think this may be the year, and then they find a way uh, to blow it. And the Vikings have found ways to lose in important games time after time. And what has has what has Kirk Cousins done um, throughout the years consistently to make you believe or make any fan believe that this guy is going to turn it around and and make your team now the team that gets over the hump, so to speak. Well, and, it, it depends. Ahead, I, I would say I would say it depends on that because Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl and he like was one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen in a really long time. So game managers can win Super Bowls. Nick Foles, to a certain extent, was a game manager as well. Now, I would say on any given year, you probably do have to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think 13 of the last 15 years quarterbacks, they're not in the Hall of Fame yet, but obviously they're going to be like the Tom Brady's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so in any off-given year, and I think especially in this year, we've talked about this. Not that I'm saying the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl now. I still have to, they have to make the playoffs first, but anything could happen, especially when you have like one of the best run games in the league. And that, that can be huge when it comes to playoff games as well. Uh, yeah, that could be Spence and you're right with the um, game managers, but I will say this, um, the Vikings usually rely on that defense in combination with having a game manager, uh, but their defense has never shown up in the biggest of spots. They pray, played pretty competitively last year in the divisional game against San Francisco, but they ended up giving up too much in the run game late. And that was their downfall after a big win against the Saints in the wildcard round. Spence, here's a tweet that I saw yesterday that sums it up perfectly for me with the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. And this is from uh, producer Allie. Producer Allie CD is her Twitter handle. It says this, Spence. Cousins is like the bad ex who will randomly do something that keeps you thinking they could be the one. <laughs> Cousins is uh, like that bad ex who will randomly do something that keeps you thinking they could be the one. This is Kirk Cousins in a nutshell, man. I don't know. I think you guys are being too dramatic. I, I what mean, are you talking did, about? He finally won his worst, his his uh, first playoff game, and he looked good in that playoff game. He made a bunch of huge throws, and then he goes and faces the 49ers who have one of the best defenses in the past five years. So I give it another chance, and there's, I don't think there's any defense in the league as good as the 49ers were last year. They could do it. Anybody can do anything in the NFC. In your, in your defense, Spence, in your defense, because this is to your argument here, let's look at the top teams in the NFC, okay? The Steelers, or not, I'm sorry, the Seahawks, who the Vikings should have beat in Seattle. They had that game, one. The Green Bay Packers, who they just beat in Green Bay a couple weeks ago. The Arizona Cardinals, who the Vikings struggle against run-heavy quarterbacks, but we know that Arizona's defense – isn't that great? They lost and Arizona lost at home to the Lions earlier this year. Okay, the Rams, which who lost to the Dolphins, played a close game to the Giants. The Saints, who we don't know what the status of Drew Brees moving forward is, and the Vikings beat them last year. <laughs> I am not back on the bandwagon. I'm just I'm, I'm, this this is Spence's defense here. 
So I'm saying, Spence, what what NFC team scares you enough that if the Vikings maybe played their best game or two of the season, couldn't roll off a couple wins? Yeah, the Packers are a steaming pile of garbage for sure. Uh, in in terms of them playing inconsistently, and you went you just went down the gauntlet. You just named the best NFC teams, and all of them have blatant flaws. The wet the AFC is way better than the NFC this year. So if they can make a wild card spot, it's all open for sure. It's definitely open, and that's that's no a money good on effect. the Vikings right now to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, you're not. Stop. No. Stop. Hundred dollars. What does that pay? They, out? They, have, they haven't even made it to a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Okay, <laughs> what are you on the phone now? They haven't made it to a Super Bowl in forty plus years. Trust I got to get these off now before it gets worse. Get out of here. It's not. It's not happening. <laughs> I think Dalvin Cook got injured in the fourth quarter and then came back. Look, do they have the best running game in the league? It's possible. Uh, but do I think that they are, they have playoff aspirations? They believe that in the locker room. Here's the next few games for the Vikings. Everybody listening out there, they're four and f- I don't think they're four and five. Are they Spencer? Are they three and five? Four and five, maybe. Four because of the win. Four, four and five. And five now. Here's the night. Here's the Vikings' upcoming schedule. Okay, Dallas at home. They play Dallas. They play Carolina at home, and then they play Jacksonville at home. Three winnable games. They will lose one of those. More than maybe Jacksonville, maybe maybe this week against the Cowboys. They're seven and a half point favorites. So three winnable games there. And then they travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. That'll be an interesting game, especially if they go into that matchup seven and five. Uh, they play the Lions again, the Bears again. They have a game against the Saints. Uh, so an interesting finish to the season for the Vikings for the next seven games. Plus 3,000. You can get them right now. You and you and you're picking them to win the Super Bowl. I like instead of that. I like the plus three fit three twenty five on the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are facing your Las Vegas uh, Raiders this upcoming week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so big on the Steelers on the um, on the Chiefs this year. They're well, who do you like? Who do you like instead? Are you still on the Steelers bandwagon? No, I don't think they win the Super Bowl either. It's it's well, kind of who who are you leading with? Are you really putting your money on the Vikings? <laughs> well, I'm I'm willing to put like. 50 bucks on him for sure. No, you're not. Get out of here. <laughs> What's wrong with Dave, that? Dave, stop it. I am not back. There's no bandwagon. They are dead to me. <laughs> this is the worst thing they could have done all year. Start winning games after the bye. They had a chance to position themselves in one of these quarterbacks, and they blew it. So now what? Now you're stuck with Cousins to get the 15th overall pick two straight years. It's a joke. So, look. Hey, if I was back on the bandwagon, I, I would be saying it is a wide-open NFC. Anybody can win it. Uh, <laughs> but I do not believe in Kirk Cousins. But I want to I want to hit the Bears angle for a second, Spence. Okay, if, if you're the GM of the Chicago Bears and you start off 5-1 and one and now you've tailspin down, uh, is Matt Nagy's job on the line? Oh, gosh, that's... I feel like either the offensive coordinator or Nick Foles is going to go before Nagy, uh, because like if you if he like if they're in an interview saying like they should fire him, how do they not just how does he not just say I have Nick Foles as my quarterback or I have a Trubisky as my quarterback? Unless they can give him a quarterback that he can really get behind, you don't really know his 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 value because he is coaching a good defense right now. Uh, I, I would say I think Chuck Pagano is a defensive coordinator. Uh, Matt Nagy gave over the uh, – I think Bill Lazor took over the offensive coordinator duties. Uh, but I think the GM 
should be on the hot seat with this quarterback blunder. They passed on Deshaun Watson, oh, Pat yeah. Mahomes in that draft. Uh, clearly, uh, Nick Foles is not the guy that they want or not the guy that's going to get the job done. Trubisky wasn't even dressed last night. The Bears need a quarterback, Spence. I think that's the one position that they're, they're deficient at. I mean, Cordero Patterson, former Viking, single-handedly gave the Bears the lead last night and, and really gave them hope in the uh, special teams game, as the Vikings special teams has been brutal the last couple of weeks. So we'll see. Al Baston checking in saying, the, uh, don't count out the Lions. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Spencer the Wiz? Now, the Lions are a steaming pile of garbage, too. They're going to win eight wins, just like I thought they would. But to give up that that comeback against the Redskins is nothing short of disgusting and borderline racist. Uh, yeah, Dave, you're, that, that was a solid joke, A+. Plus. Uh, Dave came came strong with the uh, with the, the Cousins joke here. I, that, I give him an A-plus on that one, Spence. That was very solid on Dave Perry's part. Uh, that was more than a quality joke, Dave. You you hit you hit a home run with that one. I, I got to say, you could see me laughing in the background there. Uh, but look, Bears, Vikings, uh, the Vikings, I, I still I still am not a believer. Uh, they blew those two one-point games earlier. I, I think their offensive line is playing better. I think Zimmer had a great scheme last week, but I just don't think it's enough. But I'll say this, Spence. I did mention weeks ago, did I not, they had to get Justin Jefferson more involved. And since I made that comment, uh, he's been the the rookie to be talked about in the entire NFL. He's been a- excellent. Yeah, I, I don't think he can be a wide receiver one, as crazy as that sounds. But the fact that he has Thielen there and a guy who can catch the ball in between the lines really helps Jefferson because he struggles with creating separation. But if there's less pressure on him, he's going to be able to create. We saw how talented he was in college, and he's showing it right now. Uh, I may disagree with you a little bit. I, I think he's he's got – such quick feet. I think he can create separation and I think he can be a one. We'll see how that lines up. Look, uh, if you were giving your rookie of the year voting right now, how would it line? How would your top three line up? Well, I guess Joe Burrow would technically be in there. Uh, I don't know. Let we'll, me hear wins. your three list. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Two wins for Burrow, two wins for Herbert. I don't know that I can give them the nod. I think Justin Jefferson is slowly moving. If the Vikings keep winning, the Vikings keep winning. Jefferson moves up to one for me. He does. And then um, I guess I'll go based on who has more wins, Burrow, Herbert, after that. Maybe Tua gets into the conversation. The Dolphins continue to roll off wins. Um, I don't think playing half the season will get it done, but Justin Jefferson slowly moving up that list to maybe the one seed as far as rookies of the year. Yeah, Justin Jefferson should be number one, honestly. How can you give it to these like really bad teams? But I think if Tua – does bring them to the playoffs. I think he will be given the rookie of the year award. Look, the Dolphins, man, they're they're playing really good football, man. Brian Flores, uh, he's he's climbing up the list of coach of the year. And, and Spence, if, if you can, I don't know if you have time to pull off Twitter, Circa posted odds for coach of the year, uh, the Circa Sports Twitter account, and um, they've got odds on it. And Brian Flores is moving up that list as well. But I want to stick with NFL and talk some of the games, some of the key storylines of, of this past Sunday. Drew Brees injured, broken ribs in that game this past Sunday uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Jameis Winston will move into the starting lineup for for the New Orleans Saints. And what does that mean for the Saints? Are we going to see a big drop-off, or is this Jameis's opportunity with head coach Sean Payton as kind of the leader of this offensive 
juggernaut in New Orleans. Could this be Jameis's resurrection? Spence, what are your thoughts on Jameis getting an opportunity uh, to start a game with the New Orleans Saints? He had two big drives. He wasn't bad. It looked shaky a little bit. I think he got lucky with one penalty on one of his drives, but he did end up finishing them off. And if you, there's a lot of pressure taken off you as a quarterback when you have a guy like Alvin Kamara in the backfield. So I think that's going to help him out a lot, especially with not throwing interceptions when your check down could potentially be a 20 yard gain anytime Alvin gets the ball. So this is his chance. I mean, this is his career. I think he's already done enough to give himself a backup role for at least the next five years. Because <laughs> if you have one good performance as a backup, we saw that with Matt Flynn, anybody will give you a contract for at least four years after that. But I think he has a chance to actually do something. You know, he just has to work on his turnovers, but maybe he's been working on that. And when he sits behind a guy like Drew Brees, maybe he learns the offense a little better. Maybe he doesn't try to make, try to do more than he can because the Saints defense is gaining a quite a bit of momentum here. They did play a bad 49ers team who can't really score anyways because of Nick Mullins. But if the defense can continue playing well and Jameis Winston doesn't feel as much pressure, I think he can make a few big plays and work the offense as it was intended to be. I like this opportunity for Jameis Winston Spence. I, I think the Saints may actually play better with him under center. Uh, I think he's had some time. This is the first time in his career, really, Spencer, in, in college, high school, pro, that he's been a backup and, and sat behind and watched and had time to really reflect. And I think it's going to be great for him. I think he's going to come in and do what Sean Payton asked him to do, make the plays that are asked of him. I think the mixture of Taysom Hill in there. I expect the Saints to come out and not miss a beat. And they're a five-point favorite at home, I believe, against Atlanta. I, I think they may win that game pretty comfortably. I think Jameis Winston may light up the scoreboard for the Saints. And I'm kind of excited to see what this means for his career because Drew Brees, the more and more we see him, it looks like this could be the curtain call, if not this year, next year. And Jameis Winston may be the guy that steps in and is the future for the New Orleans Saints. I, see, I think that's a real possibility, and I think that could start this coming week. And I think he gets off to a good start. And I think he proves uh, that he's going to be in the conversation to either be the next quarterback of the saints or be a starting quarterback again in the NFL. So I think that's really a, a storyline to follow here. And it's just it for Drew Brees Spence. I mean, he's got a fractured rib collapsed long. Why come back this year? I mean, is this it for him? Is he done? No, he, he's not done this year, but this will be his last year of playing. I think he'll, I think he'll go into the offseason not feeling so good. They say he's only going to be out two weeks from last time I heard. So he'll be back in the lineup. But I, I do think he, win or lose, he's going to ride off into the sunset because it, it is a, it will be a pretty good ending for him. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but now if they can go deep enough in the playoffs, I think he'll be happy with that. Drew Brees hasn't taken a lot of big hits over his career, Spence, but this was one of the biggest hits he's ever took. It was, it was pretty brutal. Uh, yeah. And he felt it right away. Yeah, it was it was nasty if you look at it. He definitely you can definitely tell he fractured some ribs and ribs in that spot. It sucks, but it's a part of football and somehow he's gonna be back. But we'll see how he plays when he gets back. And maybe if he starts playing bad, they'll bench him and just put in Jameis if he's good over these next two weeks. Wow, that'd be huge. That'd be interesting. Uh, I remember all the conversation at the beginning of this year with Drew Brees and all the social unrest going on. He got kind of uh grilled a little bit for some of the comments he made that depending on who's listening, we'll say was or wasn't out of line or, or blown out of proportion. But it's going to be an interesting storyline. I'm excited to see Jameis back in the starting lineup and with the Saints team who has some weapons. We know Michael Thomas back in the lineup, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook at tight end. You mentioned Kamara. Taysom Hill's going to get some snaps. So I'm excited. I think this is a good, fresh start 
for Jameis Winston, and I think he will take advantage of that opportunity and play really good football. Spence, this one was a heartbreaker for me this past Sunday. The Hale Murray, as I had a ticket with the Buffalo Bills money line, and Josh Allen makes a great throw, great catch to Stephon Diggs to take the lead late in the game. The Cardinals will need a touchdown to win. The field goal does not help them. They have no timeouts in about 34 seconds. And Kyler Murray just eludes pressure, throws up a Hail Mary. DeAndre Hopkins and a crowd of three Buffalo Bills snags what, if you look at it on replay, it looks routine and breaks the Bills' heart and breaks my Buffalo Bills' money line ticket and the Cardinals' win in walk-off fashion pretty much. Uh, are you freaking kidding me? I'm, I'm sitting there watching that. I'm like 34 seconds, no timeouts. I got this ticket I'm sitting on, and I just picture. I'm like some weird crap is going to happen, some weird freaking Hail Mary. I'm like, but but you can't allow that, can you? You've got to have everybody back to defend this. And Murray gets flushed out of the pocket. A guy dives at his feet. He's running almost out of bounds. And Murray chucks up a Hail Mary and Hopkins goes over three people and looks like he's got freaking stick him on his hands and just pulls it in without even a bobble. I mean, what if I would have had five grand on Buffalo Moneyline? Do you think I'd be here at the show right now? No, there's no way. There's no way <laughs> no. I would have made it. I don't even know how I made it out and I didn't even have that much on it. I mean, well, I'm talking like 50 bucks or something. I had a parlayed with, uh, with the Saints Moneyline. I mean, I'm lucky I'm here. If it weren't for my girlfriend, Amanda, like I was ready to start punching holes in the wall. It's so sick. <laughs> it is sickening for sure. And obviously I was on the Buffalo Bills side as well. And that, at the time, the game, the uh, it ended with like a three and a half point spread. And we, we got it at one and a half when we were doing the show. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a crazy to look at the play and just see how it, it just looks like he caught it. And it's like the three other guys didn't exist. And let's all right. be reminded that they didn't give up a first round pick. They literally gave up nothing. I'm going to say it's nothing. David Johnson sucks. Uh, so again, I, I really, this, the story of this catch to me is how bad the Texans suck. If that makes sense. They are, if I, I, I would stop being a fan if I was the Texans, but to go back, I mean, the Cardinals, it's hard to, it's hard to decide what this team's going to be because they're probably going to be in the playoffs. Right. But they should have lost this game, and their defense doesn't look that good. Are they are they going to be out in the first round? But it also looks like they can just beat a new team. They totally walked over the Seahawks. So, Spence, here's, here's, walk, but... here's the here's the thing with the Cardinals. It's because Murray is so elusive with his legs; they're never out of a game. Even if he's super inaccurate, all he's got to do is make a couple plays to Hopkins, Fitzgerald, make a couple runs with his legs. It's just so hard to stop that, especially if they get a little bit of a running game going. That's what I've been saying for years. If you've got a quarterback that that can extend uh, plays with his legs, this is what you have to do in today's NFL. And Kyler Murray is the epitome of that. He's so good with his legs. They've been using him a lot more with that. And it's so hard to defend that run-pass option, especially there was a couple drives late in that game, Spence, where they're just gashing it from the run. Because when Murray's in the shotgun handing it off, you've got to stay honest as a linebacker. You can't overcommit or you're going to have these dangerous guys one-on-one or you're going to have a big scene for Murray. And, man, he just he, he's not necessarily run first guy, but Kingsbury is putting more of this in the offense. And that's, that's what makes Arizona one of the biggest wild cards in the NFC is they've got the potential to be so dangerous and they're never out of the game. 
Yeah, and Kyler Murray's already better than Lamar Jackson as far as I'm concerned, like significantly better. I think the gap is widening every single week. Lamar Jackson can't pass for 200 yards, so and you're going to and Kyler Murray looks even more nimble and more comfortable running the ball. The thing with like uh, the Ravens offense is he basically just can't pass the ball. So he ends up running and he's hard to catch. That's how he gets his rushing yards. But there are designed runs that look very like it looks so easy when he does it. And he's so it's like he's small, but he's so shifty. But he does have the ability to actually pass the ball down the field. And that's such a great asset. If Kyler Murray was on the Baltimore Ravens, they would be undefeated right now. Wow. Big take from Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. And he's also doing his own show called Delivering Sports. You can catch that on local Las Vegas radio, KSHP 1400. It's called Delivering Sports. And Spence, tell everybody else how they can follow it on your personal platforms and then on the podcast as well for your show personally. Yeah, and you'll be actually joining me this Friday on Delivering Sports. So yeah, 1400 AM. Mostly, the, the, I'm trying to converge all the places for people to watch my stuff. So just follow me on at Spencer the Wiz. I will retweet and I'll make announcements and stuff like that. So if you guys are interested in Star Wars and uh, trading card games and old movies, retro video games, that just go follow me on at Spencer the Wiz. But my main YouTube channel is Blue Milk Boys Gaming. That's where I post pretty much daily. Week 10 NFL action. Uh, quite the storylines. In week 10, Spence, with the NFL, and this one was the craziest, of course. And if you're a better, you're here in Las Vegas, like myself and Spencer may have had a bet on that game, and that was one of the most heartbreaking. But look, the Arizona Cardinals, they're a dangerous football team uh, with those guys. And look, last thought on Murray, Spence. He's small and stocky. He's hard to get a good hit on, and I think it's going to be make him extremely durable. A guy like Lamar Jackson uh, hasn't been completely durable uh, I feel like Murray's going to be one of those guys that, that can be durable and, and last every game of the season for, for many years, I believe. We'll see how that shapes up long-term, but I think he's got that capability. And you mentioned it, just the ineptitude of the Houston Texans franchise pretty much giving away DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. Spence, the NBA 2020 draft tomorrow night is finally here, and the trades galore – are just firing left and right. Chris Paul goes to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Suns get in return. Uh, the Suns give away Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, and a couple other guys. Do you remember the other uh, other two guys? That are, they're it's, right it's here. Right. Kelly Oubre. Yeah, yeah Kelly Oubre. Uh, so the only real names that you'll recognize is Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre actually is pretty good. And obviously the well, first Ty, round Ty Jerome, first-round pick with that Virginia Cavaliers championship game, team with Kyle Guys. So that's where you remember him from. Kyle guy stinks too. He's not very good, but it's just something. <laughs> it's just something they threw into the deal. I'm sure for money, thing, money's sake. Spence, uh, we we talked. I think we talked about this on uh, Jose V's show. I like the Suns. I, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they could be a top four team in the West. And I like Booker. Oh, no, they and- can't. Come on, what are you talking about? A top four okay. team. A top four team, yes. No, they cannot be a top four team. I'm saying it right here, right now. No, I'm not crazy. Okay, okay, but Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, the Utah Jazz aren't better than that. No, no, the Suns are way better. The Suns are going to be better than the Jazz. No, they aren't. Yes, they will. Before this season. Uh, the Suns have not had more than 24 wins for the past like six years. So suddenly we're going to skyrocket and win 50 games. You're out of your mind for thinking that. I they have, they have that. the bubble momentum. They won like nine, 10 in a row. That was like 20 they're years ready. ago. 
Monty Williams, former USA basketball coach, has got them believing. Chris Chris Paul now brings that veteran leadership to the locker room. This team's the fastest rising team in the entire NBA. A four seed in 2021, Spencer the Wiz. Wow. I would love – whatever you're smoking, I would love to just get some of that <laughs> off there. Give me a contact or something like that, and I'll be good to go. There it is. Uh, especially the Wiz thinks the believer is high as a kite, as Brad the believer is predicting right here, right now, November seventeenth, twenty twenty. The Phoenix Suns will be at the very least the fourth seed in the Western Conference playoffs in twenty twenty one, barring injury. Should they stay healthy, I think they do it, and I think they make some noise. As, as Devin Booker is one of my favorite players in the entire league. Some more trades spent. The Milwaukee Bucks are doing everything they can to show Giannis Antetokounmpo that they are wanting to keep him. They give up a King's ransom for Drew Holiday. Talk about this trade, Spence. Yeah, it's it's all in. It is like you're pushing your chips all in. And the thing I think is interesting is if you look down the East and you look at all the star players, there is no championship experience. I'm trying to look down the list as I speak right now except for the Toronto Raptors, so maybe them. But they're they're just lost a lot of talent, so there's nothing much you can say about that. The Boston Celtics have zero um, finals experience or finals winning titles, I should say. Miami Heat, the same thing. The 76ers, so I was at first I was thinking, oh, anybody with more playoff experience is going to beat them. But there isn't anyone outside of the, the Raptors. But if this does not work out, because they're giving up a lot of depth in the point guard position, they are going to be so bad because if Giannis doesn't sign this extension and he's just playing throughout the year and they're hoping to resign him at the end of the season, that is a nightmare scenario because they have given up everything to make this work for the season. And they also got Bogdanovich too. They're going to be rolling out with a completely different squad and they're just going to hope that it works out. Uh, my definition of working out for them is making the finals. I don't expect them to win the finals, but if they do that, I think they'll be pretty happy because obviously if you make the finals, your star is much more likely to sign that extension or at least to sign that uh, new deal. So that's what they're going for this season. I They can do it, although Giannis has to learn to shoot from the outside or it's never going to happen. Spencer, are NBA draft picks overrated? If you're a top 10 team in the NBA and you're picking 15 or later, uh, how many guys can you even think of in the first round that have are even making teams that are drafted after the top 15 are, are NBA draft picks overrated if they're, if they're not lottery. Oh, well that's for sure. There's a ton of, ton of value. And Brandon Clark was taken, I believe 15th overall, the Grizzlies straighted up to get him. Kawhi Leonard was a late round pick. Mona Ginobili, Tony Parker, all these guys were late round picks. So there is a ton of value uh, to go. It's just it's it's more rare. It's obviously because there's just two rounds. There's not as much talent to go around. But this year's draft, I think, in particular, is extremely weak. And I think you're seeing a lot of guys sell out in this draft because the 22 draft is look or the 2021 draft is looking to be much more explosive. So the Grizzlies lost their first round pick this year, and I think they couldn't have been happier about it. Basically, Spence, some more big news in the NBA is James Harden. You mentioned it before we got on the air, turns down a two-year extension worth over $100 million, wants to go to Brooklyn. Spence, this is this is blockbuster news in the NBA. James Harden, one of the most talked-about players, probably the most talented scorer uh, in the last few decades, could be on his way out of Houston. Yeah, this is 
it's kind of shocking. I I really feel bad for that new Rockets GM who just kind of Maury gave him the the keys to the franchise, and he's just kind of like, hey, this is what we got. Maybe we'll make a few trades, but no, it's been a complete meltdown to start out with. Daniel House wants out. Westbrook wants out. Now Harden, PJ Tucker is not happy about his contract, so he's been given a full plate in his first year as a GM. This is crazy. The fact that you would turn out a hundred million dollars over two years. And on top of that, you want to live in New York. So you, the value of your money just tanks in addition to that. But to talk about if he was on the Nets, oh boy, that's a that's a big team. And they the thing is that Kevin Durant technically does have final experience, even though he wasn't the leader of that team. We'll have to see. I mean, those all three of those guys that are going to be on that team are people who are like, you can't do it on your own. And now they just would so happen to be on the same team together. I would be curious to see if they can make it work it out. Yeah, Spence, I don't know, man. To me, this would be a tough fit. You've got two extremely ball-dominant guards in James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's shown that he's really had a hard time uh, playing with other superstars and really elevating teams in general. Uh, Now, with guys of the caliber of James Harden and Kevin Durant, this is a different story, and we've seen success from USA Basketball when a lot of superstars get together. But I don't know if these three – would fit. It's gonna. It's gonna be interesting. Now you add DeAndre Jordan to that mix in the middle. Uh, I don't know who else would go alongside them as the fifth guy. I imagine it would probably be um, maybe Joe Harris if they keep well, Joe. He's Harris. probably gonna get traded. Yeah. It would have to be Jared Allen. That's who, they're gonna try to keep him in that trade. From what I understand, they're gonna get rid of Karis Levert. Joe Harris as well is likely going to go. Um, so those are going to be the two main pieces of that trade. So they're going to have to pick up someone in free agency on cheap, like a veteran contract uh, who's just going to have to try to win a championship. But to talk about the chemistry of the three of them, I do understand that there's one ball, but that's the same question we had when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors and they worked it out. Although now you're talking about a rookie head coach and Steve Nash, who they should have never hired. And you're also, but the, the, the advantage they'll have is that rotation. Like they're going to be able to like, Every single time, because for the full 48 minutes of the game now, you're going to have a ball-dominant guy who can score on his own because they're obviously going to um, stagger minutes to where that works out. So the first, let's say, five minutes, you're going to have all three of them. The last five minutes, you're going to have all three of them. And at some point, you're probably going to have one or two of those guys. That could be a – I mean, we've never seen that before. As far as I'm concerned, that's never happened. Do you, Now, I'm hearing conflicting reports that some people saying the, the deal is in the works – the Rock, some from the Rockets are saying, no, uh, there's no deal in the works that we're going to hang tight with Westbrook and Harden. What does your gut tell you, Spence, about what happens in the next 24 hours? And then at the start of the 2021 season, where's James Harden? Yeah, I think they're going to start off the season. I think that this is going to be a trade deadline deal if, or maybe a quarter way through the season because there's no pressure on the Rockets to trade Westbrook or Harden. And there's no reason for them to only deal with the Nets just because he's not going to be happy about it. Who cares? You're trading him away. And plus, he's doing this to you. He turned down a $100 million extension. So I don't think they have any sort of allegiance to him to actually make a move. I agree with you. I don't think there's a deal done in the next 24 hours or before the draft or after the draft. I think this plays out up until the regular season. I'm convinced of it, actually. Uh, Spence, as we're less than 24 hours away from the draft, anything you're excited about with day one, the lottery here? I know you said you're not as high on the lottery this year as as some others. Tell me what you expect to see. Uh, LaMelo Ball, probably the biggest name in the draft, as the Ball family has a lot of name recognition. Uh, can LaMelo be better than his brother Lonzo? And what's his ceiling, Spence, if he does go one overall to the Timberwolves? Yeah, unfortunately, he's awful on defense, unlike his brother. 
but he's a better passer than his brother. He's a better scorer than his brother. Uh, he's better. He has better ball handling. I think he will go first overall. I, if they draft Anthony Edwards, I think it's a, it'll be a massive failure uh, for the T-Wolves. Uh, so this is kind of their best option. And I don't think they're going to take James Wiseman either. But I don't think there's a lot of talent in this draft. I don't think there's any blatant all-stars. And we've seen drafts like that. The Anthony Bennett draft class was was just as bad. So it's bound to happen every once in a while. Uh, I can definitely see there's some decent role players. There's just a problem. Like every top player has a very big weakness versus a guy who's like, oh, this guy needs to work on something. Obi Toppin's going to be a great stretch for he can't guard the perimeter. I don't know. The Hawks are probably going to take him and they're just going to perpetuate this problem that they have of trying to run and gun everybody and not play any defense. Uh, I think there's a few like really good. Okoro is like a great defensive player. So these guys will be, these guys will find roles, but I don't think they're ever going to be the star of the franchise. Any of them. Anthony Edwards, I think sucks. So, well, Spence, I, I know, like you said, you're not super high on this drop, but give us one diamond in the rough, somebody in the lottery that may have an opportunity to be a franchise player if he reaches his potential. Yeah, I'll give you a name, Tyrese Hallenburton. I've been big on him. I've been scouting him for a while. Uh, he doesn't have any in-between game, unfortunately. Like, he's not really going to take guys off the dribble. He's not going to pull up from mid-range. But he does know how to use his body. You're going to notice that he's extremely long in draft night. You'll be almost shocked to find that he's a point guard. He has the best vision in the draft, uh, in the draft not named LaMelo Ball. So if the I think the Knicks should really key on him. I know, they, I know they're really looking for Devin Vassell who is also a pretty decent player. I mean, he's like the young Nicholas Batum, and every team would want a guy like that. But I would say Tyler Hodburn is the guy to watch to see where he goes to. Uh, and in terms of guys falling, I see Killian Hayes and Patrick Williams falling from their projected spots. Spence, give, give myself and some of the listeners a little background on Tyrese Halliburton, the guy that, that you think has some potential in this draft. Where do you go to school and, and what was his kind of metrics in college and high school? Yeah, let, let me, uh, I'll pull it up right now, because uh, he had some decent stats. A guy who shot like 43%, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, from the three-point line. Uh, the only is problem one, is, what's is that? he a one-and-done guy? He, I don't think he was a one-and-one, a one-and-done guy. If I'm, I'm trying to, come on, I'm almost there. But um, he's going to be able to run any offense in the league, which I think is really unique. Some guys like Killian Hayes have to be in certain offenses to be uh, truly effective. He played for two years, so... He shot 50% in college, which is impressive in and of itself. But he 2% from the, um, the three-point line. He improved his free-throw shooting percentage. He's not shooting 82% from there, averaging 6.5 assists per game, 2.5 steals. He's very active defensively, and he's going to be able to use that length to his advantage. Uh, he's he, I think he's my favorite player in the draft, to be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of Wiseman either. So, Iowa State, Spence, Halliburton. That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, that's the name we're going to be looking at for Obi Toppin. You mentioned him that the Hawks may draft him. I think he's got a high ceiling too. I know, I know you think he's going to be a stretch for more of an offensively focused guy, but he's got some nice size to him as well. And, uh, he's a guy that stuck around a little bit in college, I believe, and really believed that the Dayton Flyers team had a real chance to win the national title if it weren't shortened uh, by COVID-19. So Spence, uh, we're going to transition to our picks from week 10. We'll go over our picks. But before we do that, if you miss any part of the show, make sure you watch our podcast version of The Rest Stop. Go to Landry Football Conference Call on any of your podcasting platforms, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify. Search Landry Football Conference Call. The Rest Stop will be underneath there or LandryFootball.com. You'll find us under the podcast portion there. Make sure you give us a like, a download on the podcast, and, of course, download the Twitch app. 
and uh, Landry Football. We're under the podcast portion, the rest stop, and of course my use personal YouTube channel. You can find that on YouTube. Search Brad the Believer, subscribe to us, like there, and follow us, support us there. We appreciate all your support on the rest stop. And myself and Spencer the Wiz uh, will come to you every Tuesday and Thursday for the most part live, 9 o'clock Pacific time. Spence, let's start with uh, – well, I actually I, – I upped you this week finally. I had I went 6-7. and seven. Uh, You went 5-8. and eight. Although you did win the Monday night game, you were on the Vikings. I was on the Bears. But let's pull up the, the, the games and briefly go over the ones that we haven't gone over and, and shortly hit the ones that we did as well. We'll start off. Pittsburgh and the Bengals. This is the one I was the furthest off on this week. Uh, the Bengals just didn't bring it after the bye. I thought they would. Uh, the Steelers apparently decided that they were going to open up a little bit of a lead here. They won and covered pretty easily. Uh, what did you see from that matchup, Spence? That's just a tough spot for a rookie in division to just go in and beat the Steelers. I think the Steelers have like an impressive, a really impressive track record of just dominating rookies. They're just so good defensively. It's hard for for him to come in. And like I said, Joe Mixon was out, so he didn't have that crutch to lean on. If he did, I think it might've been a little bit of a closer game. It was a little bit an awkward one. The Steelers took a while to get going offensively, but once the avalanche started, they never really had a chance. Yeah. Do we know the status of AJ green? Has he been really an impact in this Cincinnati offense here lately? I know T Higgins has kind of got a lot of catches, the rookie from Clemson, but what's up with AJ green Spence? He just seems to be falling apart a little bit this season. I think he needs a change of scenery. I think he still does have some talent. Uh, I think he had a shoulder injury he's been dealing with, but he's he's just been straight up dropping balls and just not looking like a good receiver. Spence, the next game, the Lions, Al Baston's Lions, took on the Washington football team. I've been high on Washington, Spence. Alex Smith played a better game in this one. He threw for over 300 yards, led a nice comeback, and got them the cover in that game. They didn't quite get the win, but uh, I ended up on the right side there, Spence, with Alex Smith and the Washington football team. So dumb. I think they're up 27 to 3 <laughs> or something like that. And it's just like the Redskins somehow score on like four consecutive possessions. And I'm, I'm almost just upset that the Lions won that game just because uh, they should have they just not given up 21 points in the fourth quarter and just won this game easily. It's so, it's so annoying. 59-yard Matt Prater field goal with no time left propel, propels the Lions to a three-point victory in that matchup. The next game, Spence, the Cleveland Browns took on the Houston Texans in Cleveland. A uh, little bit of a weather delay to get that one started. Very sloppy. I thought this one was going to be high scoring as both defenses, in my opinion, aren't that great, especially Houston's. And the Browns had an opportunity to cover as Nick Chubb was running into the end zone and then got out of bounds at the one-yard line, and the Browns win by three, and we lose that hook, and the Houston Texans cover as the Browns get a 10-7 victory. Yeah, another garbage game, a game that should have been covering. They were covering the entire time in the last minute. They don't. Uh, but Cleveland should be playing in a dome. I mean, what's going on over here? They How are they going to have two games every season that they're basically just unplayable conditions? That doesn't even make sense to me. Spence, two football teams that aren't good, in my opinion. Okay, and I've said the Browns aren't very good. They didn't look very good scoring 10 points against an awful Houston defense. So a lot of smoke and mirrors with this six and three record, but their 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 names in the hat for this wild card playoff berth for the Cleveland Browns at six and three. So let's move on to the next round of games that we had. The Green Bay Packers, you mentioned it. Uh, you're very upset with them, Spencer the Wiz, as they let Jacksonville hang around for four quarters. And the Jacksonville team, who I was on multiple times at the beginning of the season, could not cover a game. All of a sudden, it's covered two in a row, Spencer the Wiz. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to say about this. There's no excuse if you're the Packers. They have played inconsistently, but they've beaten bad teams. by They've blown out bad teams consistently this season, and then suddenly they don't want to play football anymore. It's another team that I wish I would have just straight up lost because I hate them so much. I agree. Spence, we both had a nice pick on the underdog here as the New York Giants. They get a win against the Eagles. We looked right spot on there. Uh, they, they really dominated this game. They won fairly comfortably. Dan, Daniel Jones, we talked about it. This is another team, the Giants, who are playing competitive and getting better week in and week out. They look like a football team, and they're definitely going to be favored in any matchup they have in the division. So that's going to be enough to put them in the playoffs. We'll have to see if they can actually beat a team, not just be in a game without a division opponents. But it's it's cool to see them gain a little momentum here at the end of the season. And I don't know, not that they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, but it's Daniel Jones is actually playing in some decent football. Their defense uh, that what's their running back? Gillian or Gillum? Uh, Wayne Gallman. Yeah, Gallman. That's right. He's uh, he's looking decent enough too, especially on the goal line specifically. We'll see what they can do. I, I like the Giants right now. Look, I, I question the Joe Judge hire at the beginning of the season, and I've got to give uh, Joe Judge and the Giants a lot of credit. Uh, They're playing really good football right now, and he looks like the right guy to turn his team around. Daniel Jones deserves all kinds of credit, and I may have to back out of my Redskins division pick, and I might have to go with the Giants, Spence. Yeah, and that's who I had picked, so I'm I'm sticking with it. The Eagles, I can't believe how bad of a football team they look. It's like you almost don't want to believe it because you just know that team was in the Super Bowl not that long ago, but now it feels like it was a century ago. Sure does. Spence, I was, go- I was back and forth on the next matchup, the Tampa Bay Bucks and Carolina Panthers. The philosophy of Tom Brady not putting together two back-to-back terrible games was the prevailing factor, and the Bucks won fairly comfortably scoring 40-plus points. They get that cover there. What do you think about the Bucks' inconsistent play throughout the years thus far? I'm sure some of it comes from the fact that they're a kind of a new team, so that's what I'm going to try to chalk it up to. But their defense still just doesn't look that good. I feel like they had a repertoire coming into the season that they were going to be some like legendary defense. I heard they kept hearing that all the time. People were like, "Oh, this is going to be historic defense." They might they're like close to historically bad sometimes. So eventually, they were able to shore things up a little bit at the end when they really started to pour it on. But you got to be concerned. But offensively, the limit with Antonio Brown now, who had I believe like five catches for seventy six yards, it makes you wonder how you're actually going to stop them really when you come to even want a playoff game like thinking to the future how who do you put on who <laughs> the tight end obviously Gronkowski's getting a little bit of momentum Mike Evans is starting to finally look like he's connecting with Brady a lot more Antonio Brown we already knew had a little bit of chemistry with Brady and they kind of continue that trend especially when Mike Evans got hurt and then when you have Ronald Jones just being a good running back Leonard Fournette stinks I think I said early in the season that you should buy in on Leonard uh, R on Ronald Jones because I just wasn't big on that. And I was also right about Edwards uh, Elaire too for the Chiefs. But still, this Buccaneers team is going to be able to put points up. It's just whether or not their defense can keep up with them. On the other side, the Panthers didn't have their best game in this one at home, but they've been pretty competitive all year, playing a lot of close games. Matt Rule, first-year head coach from Baylor, also formerly of uh, – Gosh, it's slipping my mind. Temple. Uh, but he's a good football coach, and and without Christian McCaffrey, still very competitive for the Carolina Panthers, Spence. No, they were competitive for most of that game. Like, they had a lead for a while in that first half. They scored on, I think, a touchdown on yeah. the first three possessions. But, yeah, it's – and they had a really big garbage time touchdown, too, which helped cover the spread at the end because I think the spread got really high. Uh, but – 
for the most part, that was a good game. It was it was the game of the week, pretty much. Next round of game, Spence, on the docket for Week Ten, the Broncos and Raiders. Spence, you're wow, you're on, you're on the wrong side of this one. I, I went ahead and laid the big number, and the Raiders won fairly comfortably, six and three record for the Las Vegas Raiders. They're finding ways to win, Spencer the Wiz. You got to start giving them credit at some point. No, for sure. It's just, I don't know. I'm just shocked. But this was like a comical week. And what I mean that is like every single free agent that the Raiders got in the offseason was suddenly like the best player of all time. Carl Nassib has this crazy interception. It looks like a running back when he's returning it, like shedding tackles. Kiwitowski gets a one-handed grab interception at the end of the game. Jeff Heath gets two interceptions. A guy who was like a backup safety for the Cowboys, although I like Kiwitowski and Jeff a lot. So I'm glad to see that they're playing well. Uh, but as long as they can keep a consistent pass rush, and Nicholas Moore, of course, has a career game. He's never played that well in his entire life. Uh, but Max Crosby, obviously, is the best player on the Raiders roster, at least defensively right now. Um, and if Maurice Hurst can come back and start playing consistently, and now it looks like the uh, David Irving is about a week away from uh, playing. So if he can play half as – well, not – if he can play just as good – uh, as he did before he kind of got suspended or it, that pass rush could put a little alleviate a little bit of pressure off of the cornerbacks who just aren't very good. DeMar Nett's a great tackler. I think he's the best tackling corner in the league. Uh, and then Trayvon Mullen needs to stay healthy. He has that hamstring injury. I don't know how the Raiders uh, offensively speaking are doing any of this with the offensive line. They've had Simpson is a fourth round pick from Clemson. He's been terrible. Denzel good at like, is suddenly just a great offensive lineman. Colton's been out. And so they're just like had to shore up this offensive line and they're gashing teams. Devontae Booker is like just as good of a running back as Josh Jacobs at some point. But I think the Raiders tried to pass the ball a little bit too much at the beginning of the season. And now they're realizing they have some real talent at the running back position, including Jalen Richard. If they can just continue to do that and they can do it successfully, they could technically beat any team in the league as long as the pass rush is good. But if they come up against a team like we saw it in the Buccaneers and they couldn't get any pass rush on Tom Brady, they're going to get blown out of the water. So they have a, a few really big games coming up, especially against the Brown or uh, I've, I've had to look at the discussion, but they have a few big uh, matchups coming up that are playoff contention wise. We'll see if they're the real deal. This is a game they should have won and they did. And that's good. And obviously I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm very happy about it. Uh, we'll just see if they can continue that trend. Spence, I think this is the happiest I've heard you sound about the Raiders' victory uh, this season. And In my lifetime. I, I, think, I, I think I kind of laid the blueprint of success. Josh Jacobs, over 100 yards, two touchdowns, control the clock, nice running performance. Let's give offensive line coach Tom Cable some oh credit. For, former Raiders head coach, I believe. Is he not? Yes, yes, he was. Well, he's made it full circle, and what a great offensive line coach. He's one of the best that hasn't been talked about too much. He, he is formerly the best. <laughs> Formerly line coach of the Seattle Seahawks as well, and again, like I said, former head coach of the Raiders, has this offensive line, regardless who's plugged in, playing really good football, Spence. So the Raiders deserve a lot of credit, and if they can keep, keep hanging on to the football, running the ball, and would you say this was their best defensive effort of the season? This is the best defensive performance they've had. In years, this it, nothing even pales in comparison. But there's still some things that really do concern me. I know it sounds crazy in a blowout. Derek Carr was hot steaming garbage on third down in this game. He ha- he's been like good on third down this whole season. But last last week he had like two third line two third and goals that did, became nothing and a, a big key third down after the first Jeff Heath interception. And they went three and out. 
I don't know. I just waiting for it to fall apart and I hope it doesn't, but they've been putting a good uh, string of wins together. Hopefully John Gruden can actually be an aggressive coach. And he finally did this week and he's shown some spots, but what really concerns me is against the Patriots and against the bills where they're down four points and they go for the field goal. It makes no sense. I hope he doesn't do that again, but we'll see it as Gruden. I would expect him to do something like that. They just can't depend on their defense. As long if their defense can help them, that's how they're going to win games, not relying on the defense. They almost got burned by the chargers. They should have been burned by the chargers. And this week they're just able to, you know, dominate completely. Spence, we talked about the next game. Buffalo Bills traveled to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. The Bills actually had a 23-9 lead in that game. They let the Cardinals come all the way back. Late in the game, Buffalo took the lead with a Josh Allen touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. And then with no timeouts and 34 seconds, Kyler Murray led the Cardinals down past midfield, put them in position to throw the Hail Mary. DeAndre Hopkins made one of the most sensational catches you'll ever see, and they win pretty much in walk-off fashion, 32-30. to Heartbreaking loss for the Bills as I thought that last week's win against Seattle was going to give them a lot of momentum heading into the rest of the season. But are they going to be able to bounce back from a heartbreaking defeat as uh, defeat was snatched from the jaws of victory by the Arizona Cardinals to the Buffalo Bills? I think they'll be fine. That's just some things. Sometimes weird, fluky stuff happens. And in this case, that's what it was. They they won that game for all intents and purposes. Now you don't want to have big comebacks happen against you. Like they shouldn't have even been positioned after that big lead that you just mentioned. I I don't know who they play next week, but I expect them to bounce back. They can beat any team in the NFL anyway, so they should bounce back. Well, the Dolphins are hot on their trail for the the AFC East, so we'll see what happens uh, in that matchup. Is the Dolphins are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now? NFC West matchup in the next one, Spence. The Seattle Seahawks travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the Rams. Uh, I was on the right side of this one, Spence. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but I just had a feeling coming off a bye, and the Rams got the job done. Yeah, I took a statistical approach in this game, being that uh, Russell Wilson doesn't usually have back-to-back bad weeks, but he did have a really bad interception in that game. It was an out route that just wasn't open. And obviously the defense just sinks, so I thought they were going to be able to keep up offensively enough. This Ram team has uh, looked bad in a few. They've they've looked bad in a few spots, but overall, I think they're playing fairly consistently now. I'm a fan of this team, and I think they have a pretty complete package in terms of the pass rush. We know what Aaron Donald can do, and they have tons of great weapons offensively. Um, so the the there is no ceiling for this team. They could definitely be back in the Super Bowl. I don't expect them to, but this is a team that I could definitely see in that. And I think they're going to be better if they do make in the Super Bowl again. Obviously, they have more experience in that sense, but they just feel a little fresher right now. Yeah, I agree with you, Spence. I agree with uh, Chris Wynn. I think the Rams could be dangerous come playoff time. They've been so inconsistent, though. You know, you, I'm surprised that they played a really pretty much a one-score game with the Giants, and they lost outright to the Dolphins. Uh, but in the NFC, as wide open as we talked about it being the Rams, certainly have an opportunity to make some noise. Next round of games, Spence – after that Rams matchup, uh, the Saints, they got the job done after trailing early in that game. They went ahead and took care of the 49ers, and they covered the spread. We are on the right side there. We talked about earlier Jameis Winston will get the reins for the New Orleans Saints in the short term moving forward. Uh, probably the surprise of the weekend, the Baltimore Ravens traveled to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Patriots went outright. How did that happen, Spence? Uh, that was one of the heaviest rain I think I've ever seen in a football game, so that's that's part of it. Another part is that Lamar Jackson can't throw a football, but I, I would imagine in sunny conditions or like in a dome or something like that, that the, the uh, Ravens would have been able to really dominate this game. 
Uh, Spence, a sneak peek into this Sunday's game. The Ravens are a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Tennessee Titans. Is that, is that number too big? Six-point favorites, you say? Ravens, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Titans. <sighs> that sure seems like a lot. I, I think I'm definitely going to go Titans here on that one. I'd have to Titan, really look into it. But... Titans whooped them pretty bad in the playoffs last year, so Titans looking to get back on the right track after having a long week to prepare as they played Thursday night the week before. So plenty of time to prepare for the Ravens. Spence, the next matchup, the Dolphins, I believe, five straight wins. Really nice win, and looked like which looked like a trap game from the Vegas number. Yeah, They went ahead and beat this, the Los Angeles Chargers 29-21. We both liked the over in that game. It went over 48-29-21 the final. The Dolphins, they keep winning. No, they sure do. It was a close game. It could have, well, I mean, the Dolphins got off to a great start offensively, but the Chargers played a little bit of catch up. So that game was in the balance for a little bit. I'm just shocked. I mean, the Chargers, I don't know if they need to fire the defensive coordinator, but they have like significant more cha- uh, talent than the Raiders do defensively, and they've looked worse. So I don't know what it is. The, char- the Chargers need to change something to change their culture because they don't really have one right now. That's right, Spence. The uh, I believe what do we got? One or two more games left on the. It's just the there. Vikings game. Yeah, talking we talked about. about that in detail. Vikings Bears. Let's preview Thursday night football real quick, because that's coming up. Uh, NFC West matchup: Kyler Murray after the uh, Hail Murray travels to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Both teams six and three, looking to take over first place in the NFC West. Uh, the Cardinals have played the Seahawks tough year in and year out. How do you think this one lines up, Spence? What's the spread in this game? I believe it's three points in favor of the Seahawks, three or three and a half. It would be crazy to think that the Seahawks are going to lose three weeks in a row. I think it's going to happen. If they can't shore up their defense, how are they going to beat a team that's offensively as explosive as the Cardinals are, who look better than they did against in, when they played them in their first matchup? So I, I really do like the Cardinals here. I'm with you there. I think uh, they just play this team really tough year in and year out. I'm going to take the Cardinals with the points. For Spencer the Wiz, follow him at Twitter, at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad the Believer. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Brad the Believer. Thank you for joining us on the Red Stop. We're back with you on Thursday live at 9 o'clock Pacific time. Make sure you follow Landry Football Conference Call and search the Red Stop. And then my personal YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. And the Twitch channel, www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. We'll see you back at the rest stop here on Thursday. Have a good night, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.